0: All right, welcome back to the Temporal Eternal podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. Temporal Eternal is where we discuss how to live for eternity in our relationships, ambitions, and time. And uh, if you were here last week, I was in the middle of a cow field uh, up in the boonies <laughs> of northern Arizona while the guys were kind of laughing at me a little bit uh, before. Well, well, you you had a cow walk time, but like- you.
1: I mean, come on. What'd you say? you had a cow walking behind you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome. There's a bunch of, bunch of cows. I'm glad the mooing didn't, didn't mess up the, the audio as well. So uh, this week uh, we have a fun topic uh, and um, the the, the name of the topic is the idea of God. And we might, for the graphic for you two, we might put like a Smiley face emoji, right? Because a lot of people like the idea of God, and here's the setup, right? A lot of people, uh, man, they, they, you know, yes, I, people who maybe are professing Christians and people who are not professing Christians, right? Like say, like, oh yeah, like somebody who created, somebody who loved, um, but there's a difference between uh, recognizing the idea of God and also making a decision to to live for God and on top of that you know there's even deeper things we'll dig into right about like how much of our life are we serving for god but but really that's the challenge right is is in this world there are a lot of people that believe in god we're looking up a gallup poll and um this, you know so this is super fascinating i'm just going to read off a couple quick things and then i know Brennan and matt you guys can jump in but uh the belief in god in us just came out uh last week just about little, probably a week and a half ago, uh, belief in God in us dips to 80%, 81% a new low. Um, you know, and it's, it's slowly dipping. There's more people that don't believe, um, in God at all. Um, and it's kind of interesting the different subgroups. One other stat that was really fascinating. Uh, so yes, still, okay. 81% believe in God. Okay. But here's the deal. Four in 10 say God can hear their prayers and intervene. So, so like, yes, there's a belief in, in something or someone or a creator, but only 40% actually believe that, Hey, they could actually pray to God and he's going to listen and he might do something about it. So, uh, yeah, guys, welcome back. Initial thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, something else that I was kind of reading and not to just jam a bunch of, uh, stats and stuff at you guys, but I I think it's interesting and it's kind of this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, Another Barta article is talking about this idea that, you know, is Christianity, which fundamentally was was a foundational uh, basis of faith for for most Americans, generally speaking, for a very long time. But nowadays, is that, you know, what it is? And so like the headline of this one in particular was Christianity, is it is it any longer Americans default? uh faith and something interesting i'll I'll read it real quick for us it says by a three to one margin 71 percent to 26 percent of adults noted that they are personally more likely to develop their own set of religious beliefs than to accept a comprehensive set of beliefs taught by a particular church although born again christians were among the segments least likely to adopt uh the La Carte approach to beliefs, a considerable majority, even of born again adults, 61% has taken that route. So it's kind of interesting because you're even seeing some people in the Christian faith say, yeah. And, and really what this is breaking down to is this idea that like, I kind of do my faith in my own way, or I have a belief in God in some sort of fashion, but not necessarily explicitly what the Bible is. Um and I, and I think that's can a you, dangerous route Brandon, for Brandy. Yeah. Can you can you repeat that statistic for but for me it cut out a little bit, so I might either have yeah, to it and then
0: use that one, but read it because I thought that was really that was really important.
2: Yeah. So seventy one percent to twenty six percent of adults noted that they are personally more likely to develop their own set of religious beliefs than to accept a comprehensive set of beliefs taught by a particular church. Wow. And so it it goes so, on. To so say, is that
0: so so, what do you mean by seventy-one percent to twenty-six percent? What did that mean? Is that like fifty magi- percent of the populations in total, or so the, it's right. not so zero like, to seventy-one percent.
2: Correct. It's by by that margin of three to three to one is kind of what it's saying. Um, Got it. And and it says leading leading the change in the move to customize one's package of beliefs are people under the age of twenty-five, among whom more than four out of five, so eighty-two percent of those that were. Uh, taken part in this said they would develop their own combination of beliefs rather than adopt a set of proposed set of proposed beliefs by a, a particular church. So it's kind of like this movement away from this idea of organized religion, which I find fascinating. I, I see this a lot, maybe in conversation with people um, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up my initial thought of this, but just that a lot of people, maybe from church hurt from, uh, you know, I've seen some interesting thoughts on. You know, well, I've been doing this for so long, and I'm not seeing a result from it, uh, or from God, and so I'm I'm kind of doing it my own way now, uh, and kind of a a mix now of their faith, which I think is dangerous when we start to walk away from from biblical principles. So yeah, I, I think that you have to kind of look at where, where's the where's the heart of it, where's the approach at. But I I found that pretty interesting.
1: Huh, that's crazy. That. I mean, thinking about that, it's like almost people want to ba- I mean, they basically are creating their own religion, right? So, I mean, shoo, that's, that's a lot to take in, you know, that's like, that's not just like a snap of the finger. Like, Oh, you just threw a lot in my brain there. <laughs> well,
0: but, but those statistics, right? Um. <clears throat> Those statistics back up this whole conversation because I, I've seen it, right? There's uh, different uh, things that we see in the Bible uh, that, let's say, hardline Christianity is pretty pretty strong on. And then there's also some, and we won't get the details of it, but there's also some very polarizing topics in, let's say, the political realm that uh you know are split amongst Christians, right? Um and so um and I've had conversations with people about that where it's it's kind of gone there. And then you know from there, Matt, you have people that are like, okay, I I believe in God, I believe in eternity, but I want to live my life how I want to live my life. So not only like, hey, I'm gonna pick and choose the pieces of the Bible I believe but also I'm gonna pick and choose how much of my life, finances, time, um, what, what really is in the priority list of my life. And so it, it really, Christianity is, is made to be this. It's that we surrender our lives to God in repentance, but also in worship and go, okay, God, here is my life, do it as you will, you know, use it as you will. And then he begins to form us on who he has called us to be. But right now, a lot of people, are, and I, we probably all have slipped up in this a little bit, right? Have, have, have missed the mark, if you will. But there are some people that are downright like this is kind of like a very consistent life choice decision. The opposite is like, no, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to form my faith based on the convenience of what I want it to be based mm. on the convenience of like yeah. how it affects me um how like why well, i still want to push try to pursue this type of career i want to have this lifestyle yes I, i'm gonna like these things are good but i'm not gonna do the rest of it and it's it's a really really slippery slope it, it you know and I, and I see it more and more in our generation really in millennial and gen mm. z especially one of the best things about millennial and gen z is that we we push back we we Uh, we chew on things. We're like, Hey, we're not traditionalist. Right. And the older generations are a hundred percent traditionalist. It just in Mm -hmm. anything like Christmas traditions, this is just how we've always done it. And our generation's like, nah, like I don't have to go to college or no, like I might bounce around every, every one to three years for another job for a, you know, 15 to 30% pay increase, which is very, very prevalent in the year. This is re- recorded right now in 2022, right? So there's a lot of shifts culturally and in, into our yeah. mentalities, and you're starting to see that also affect faith
2: yeah. and the word of God. Absolutely. And I, I think that people um, in general, especially now, I think absolutely cult- culturally, societarily for for us, at least in what we're seeing uh, in western culture is people are pushing back on this idea of doing things for the sake of doing them like you said out of tradition and and i absolutely agree and believe that that's that's it has not just seeping i think it's very prevalent in the church where people are are, are kind of acknowledging that and saying well wait why why are we doing this just because we're doing it for tradition and and i think there's a healthy balance of that but i think there's actually a very dangerous balance part of that too um where we start to push back on like you said before those 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 foundational things in scripture of of following after god and we start to compromise on that and so i think that's where we have to be careful i mean like anything uh that we talk about guys on this on, on on this podcast is bring it back to the word what's the foundation of god's word in it and hopefully we can help shed some light on that um But, you know, there's things that we know based on scripture that God says, hey, like these are the important things within your salvation. And I think back back to that idea of people are kind of challenging things like I'm not going to just do this for the sake of doing it. You know, um, I think when it comes to church, when it comes to God the the pushback that we see on that as well maybe i can do this my way and what's the real importance or it comes from you know maybe my parents just forced me to do this for my entire life so i'm not really like feeling the whole church scene i'm not really feeling the whole god thing Mm -hmm. and really to me i think what it comes down to because i've had conversations recently of people who have kind of walked away fallen away from the faith friends and things like that and i've also talked to a couple people who have who've found god recently you know, for a guy like me, who's you know kind of been raised up in it in it for a while in ministry, it fascinates me. I think on both ends to see where some of those disconnects and those reconnections are, and really yeah. what I what I see from myself for other people is people are looking for real, authentic uh, interaction and experience. I I absolutely when it comes to our faith. And so I think that we have to have a a willingness and an openness to to see that or experience that. And so for some, they maybe are saying that I haven't had that. And that's actually pushing them away from God, from church. And maybe that's because of the place they're in or just the decisions around life. Um, But for some of them, it's like they've come to God because of a radical encounter that they've experienced personally with God uh, in the shifts that he's doing in their life, you know? And so I think that's where it really comes down to is are we, are we having a a true experience of who God is? Because we don't want to settle for just doing something again, for the sake of doing it, you know, that, that real experience is such a a need. So yeah, I think that's definitely something that has to be evaluated for, for every individual, I think their faith. So.
1: Now, do you think um, the term, like bringing in terms of churches, are huge? So, like the non-denominational, the um, Pentecostal, the Protestant, the um, Baptist, all those. Do you think that's having a negative effect on people nowadays, and it's putting a sour taste in their mouth, and they they want to create their own.
0: Um. Uh, <clears throat> so there's some, there's some like that. Uh, can you, can you make me full, like just the full screen for a second? I have a, I have a picture that I think is more than it is denominationally. Okay. Okay. Appreciate this. This is shout out to John Akala. He was my college pastor. Okay. So I'm going to make this a little bit like this. This is a little bit awkward and then I'm gonna try to describe it. So basically here's what happens. Um, cool.
1: So put your, mic, say, put your mic back in your mouth.
0: Sorry, let me do this right here. This is, there this is go. like, this, this is a little bit crazy guys. Here we go. This is kind of funny. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you're going to be like, what, what the heck's going on? Okay. So, um, we need to do a different color so it doesn't get confusing. Orange. My kids you, have Legos all over the okay, office. If so if,
1: if you are listening, uh, Donald, if you, and you're on, not on YouTube, Donald has Legos in his hands right now. So in a while, yes. <laughs>
0: So water bottle in the middle and Legos, okay. And so here's the picture. Uh, Pastor John did this with three people. Uh, I mean, I was probably in my early twenties, and and this was you know ten years ago. Um, and it was like I I'll never I'll never forget it, right? Um, and and he kind of did this picture where he said like, okay, let's just say this one right here, this this purplish green one right here is Jesus, and this is us. And what happens in our life? Is um our connection to Jesus is because of someone else. So it's because of a grandma. It's because of our parents. Um, it's because of a girlfriend or boyfriend who went to church. Uh, <clears throat> it's because we go we went to church with our friend. Or maybe, maybe we went, but the only reason we really even cared about church was because of that relationship. And so the issue is within a lot of people within the younger generations who grew up in the church and who have left the church, right, in, in waves, right, is they, they always had their connection with Jesus through something or somebody else. So I think greater than denominational, which I think there's some there. I think there's church here with denominations. I think that there, there are definitely some things there. The greater picture beyond denominations is like once this person, once this relationship was removed from their life, they went off to college. They no longer dated that person. They're no longer friends with them. Uh, now the the parents, the grandparents, who made them go to church, now they're adults and they can make their own choice. Now that relationship is removed, but there was never a connection with Jesus that was developed. And so, because that middle person, right? If you imagine that middle person holding the hands of the of Jesus and the other person. And that's the issue, and here you can you can bring me back, Matt. That's one of the main major issues is that, is that a ton of people never had a genuine, one-on-one, intimate relationship with Jesus themselves, and it was always through someone or something else. So there's also more than likely, because this happened to me, a lack of transformation, a lack of freedom, really a, a lack of, you know, I would be as bold to say, you know, for some probably a lack of repentance and true Christianity, you know, because, you know, they they probably went to church, but they do they really surrender their life to God. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I, I'm not sure in the situation. So I think, Matt, that's the greater picture of why, why it's happening is now they're like, well, I, I just don't have a relationship with Jesus, right? Like they never – they never actually formed it themselves. Brendan,
1: you got something yeah. To say? Yeah, go ahead. No,
2: I was just, just going to add too, because I think you could put anything in there, whether it's a person, because I absolutely agree. I think first and foremost, a lot of times it's a person, a relationship um, that, that your faith is kind of tethered to, like you said, Donald. So when that goes away, your faith goes away. But that could be... That could be a pastor that could be a ministry yes. uh you know that that could be church hurt that my faith was directly tied to my experience at church and if that went south then my faith went south you know yeah. and so i think even wherever you're at today in your faith like that's a good like check just to do in your life is hey is, is my experience of god and my faith and my relationship with him uh, solely about that connection directly to him and not a person, not a pastor, not a ministry, not an outcome of something. Right. Because really that, that, you know, people, people are human. They make mistakes. Ministers make mistakes. And I'm not, I'm not pacifying that at all or or making an excuse for that, but, but that's, you know, life happens. And so if, if that were to be something that you were to experience, um, what would that be? The thing that crumbles your faith, you know, to say, you know what I'm hurt by this and maybe God is moving me away from this, but let me allow him based on my direct relationship with him, be the one that ministers the healing and speaks to my heart, you know, because truly then that gets back into our faith and our walk with him and allowing God to be the one that guides us and leads us in those decisions. But yeah, I I think that it kind of goes back to that. Um, and, and kind of tracking back to this idea, like, do do we just love the idea of who God is? Do we love the idea of what church is? Um, or maybe that was a season in our life and we're like, okay, now things look different or my life looks different. And does that does that fit the mold anymore? I mean, what would you guys say about that? Because I think we all go through many different seasons in life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe your experience as a Christian or in church or with God was great in one point of your life. But what do you do? When it looks different, or it, it's not, it doesn't have the same effect in your life because of whatever, like you said, Donald' decision to not pursue it as much, or whatever that circumstances. When things change, how do how do you keep that up?
1: I'm in deep thought here, so Donald, go ahead. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> no, my that's, mind's going Matt's,
1: crazy right
0: now. soaking it all in. <laughs> so you were saying, Brennan, that for whatever reason, maybe in a season or an age of their life that their faith would, with God was, was great or was strong. Right. Yeah. So I think, I, I think a lot of that comes down to, um, and this is where the onus is on the person, but then also where the church has to step up when it comes to mentorship and discipleship. Right. Because what type of expectations have we given people? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, have we prepared, especially when we talk about like young people in general, but even like young people in the faith, have we prepared them for life? Um, it's easy when you first start to live for God and how exciting it is. But like even let's say, because I know a lot of friends from youth group who, who maybe no longer go to church, right? Um, and, you know, we know tons of people that once they get to college, they, they stop believing in God or, or practicing their faith. And so the challenge is, that, you know, were they just living Christianity in the confines of their high school life? And, you know, where was actually Christianity, you know, and the faith in their faith and the word of God? Was there enough dialogue created about what they were going to be faced in their life, hmm. what they were going to be going through, what is coming up in the next five to 10 years? I remember I, when me and Brennan were. Um, I remember I said this at least a couple times for sure. I, th- I think I said it when I traveled, but I know I sent it to the youth group me and Brennan led together for a number of years. I said, like, uh, you know, my success, my win isn't you coming on a Wednesday night. Um, my win is in five or 10 years, you're still serving God. Like I was yeah. like, that's my bigger picture, and I and even the last youth group I was at, I told the leaders that I know I told the students, you know, like that's the bigger picture, right? Is, um, and, and so that has to be the mindset. So I, I think that's some of it, right? Is like, are people prepared? Yeah. Do they do they realize? And then also, is the is the right expectation set? Like, hey, it's going to be hard. Hey, it's a lot of times easier to live your own life than to live for God. There is a principle of taking up your cross and, you know, and carrying it. It it is challenging. There will be persecution. Like the scriptures are flooded with uh, some promises of positive things, but also a lot of challenging things. And so do people realize that? Was that communicated well? (laughs) You know, do they, do they, do they know that going in? Um, I would say that is, is areas that, you know, maybe why it's happened and how we as Christians and we as leaders um can address. And then the second thing that ties into that, uh, and my pastor's been going um through this last six weeks is just tough questions. Just like he's mm, he's yeah. really hit like the hey, where there have been you know, maybe some potential mistakes in the Bible, right? By the by the writers themselves, because they were humans or uh He brought up the today he brought up the different uh thought processes toward that people might think towards christianity and how he he poked holes in it he's like i don't believe this is true but he still approached those things why so that if you're a young young person in the faith doesn't mean a young person in the faith like i said could be 14 years old 10 years old or 55 years old somebody who is new to christianity right to new to serving god Mm -hmm. like I think the, the biggest disservice, and this kind of goes back to your, um, denomination question a little bit, Matt, I think that the one thing that I think churches could have done better and I, I'm really, I've, I've become a person in my life that I'm trying to be very careful not to slam churches. Be And now that I've been on staff before I can, I can own and be like, well, I know I didn't do this as well. Is yeah. It's like really talking about apologetics, really like yeah. bringing up challenging things. And yeah. there's a lot of churches that just avoid it. They avoid mm-hmm. some topics. They avoid some challenging things about, okay, how the Bible was formed, about, you know, about other books of the Bible that that weren't selected to be part of the canon, about, you know, different things like that. and yeah. um, And the issue with all of those, the issue with that as a whole is that I would rather have those conversations happen in church. I would yeah. rather have wrestle with those questions, you know, with people within church so that they could wrestle back and forth and make a decision for themselves. Right. But rather than never broaching the topic and then somebody who knows the Bible and knows what Christian believes, what Christians believe more than the than Christians come at them and then completely blow up their faith. Why? Because yeah. they never, nobody ever approached it. Like they never looked at it themselves, which is on them, Absolutely. right? Like as a Christian, you yeah. need to dig in. So I'm, I'm not trying to say we have to spoon feed people, but also as a church, like, are we setting the right expectations? And are we mm-hmm. touching on things topics wise that need to be touched yeah. on so that people are ready for those conversations so that they 100%. don't go off, you know, and just forget about it.
1: That's where a lot of Bible studies come into effect, small groups. And, you know, the attendance on Bible studies in small groups are much lower than a Sunday morning service. For sure. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of people aren't taking that extra time to dig in to find out what they need to do, what they need to understand, what they need to learn. Because you can't hit everything in, in an hour and a half, hour, two hours on a Sunday morning. You can't. Right. And people expect that they just have to do that hour and a half, two hours, and they're good. You can't, you can't expect that unless you're digging in daily. Reading your Bible is great, but unless you're having the conversations with somebody else, where are you going to get, I mean, where are you going to get it all?
2: So Yeah hundred percent. And I think that goes back to that individual, you know, there's there's a holistic approach to this, which is the church. And, and really, I believe that this is what Jesus set up was, you know, go teach and disciple, right? And make disciples. And so that's that whole idea of like that collective uh, idea of us coming together to do that. Um, and then there's that individual responsibility of you have to make an investment into your faith, because if you don't, you're not going to continue to gain experience, resource with the Lord, resource of the word. And exactly like you said, Donald, like the, when you hit those things, 100 percent, because it's like if you go into life with the defensive uh, mentality of we're going to try and defend our ideologies and our practice of our faith by sheltering and shielding what is out there in the world, all that anybody is going to know, and I think this is from kids, you know, to adults even. And I think why maybe as a result we're seeing a lot of people kind of go into uh, agnosticism, atheism, exploring other religions to try and find fulfillment in a different way, is because you sheltered so much just one way of thinking, without yeah. actually making a connection with, hey, this is wrong. Don't look at it. Don't do it. Don't talk about it. And then you're like, well, why? You're just telling me this is right and this is wrong. And the danger in that is you've never taught, and this is kind of what you said exactly, Donald, is you never actually taught, hey, your Christianity. This is the right way and way God looks at it. And this is wrong because of this. And you never made that connection point for people. And so now they maybe experience that or see that in the world and it kind of dismantles and shakes people's faith. And they're like, eh, this just seems kind of hypocritical. I'm going to tape. a a couple of steps back. And that breaks my heart, honestly. I I, I think when I see people walk down that road of just like I, I never had that opportunity or that foundation built. Uh, and, and not to put it off totally on other people or just the church. Maybe it is a lack of that, that personal responsibility to actually dig into it. You know, So it's a combination of all of it. But yeah, it really is, is making that connection like, hey, this is what we see. This is what you may may experience or what's right, what's wrong. And this is why God sees it that way. Because how many people have had the conversation with somebody else before, maybe as a believer uh, to someone who's walked away or is not a believer that God is just this harsh, judgmental, distant uh, God that is going to just smite you because of all your mistakes? You know, and we're trying to then preach this message that, yeah, we all make mistakes and things like that. But it's like truly encountering the grace and the love and the truth of what Jesus did for us. Uh, by dying on the cross by by doing that act and and knowing that he did that for everybody and embracing that in your life could open up such a different perspective you know and so yeah it's it's not shying away from those tough things and I think we really just sometimes gotta rip the band-aid off with grace with love with the truth of the word all encompassing that together uh, and really have a, a better approach on on how we make a more well-rounded, a Christian and disciple and believer of God. Um, and that's, that takes work. It takes intentionality. That takes uh, that, that takes willingness for us to participate in that with people. Uh, discipleship is sometimes messy. Uh, it, it takes time. It takes intentionality, but yeah. are we willing to do it as believers with one another um, to see people come to a true experience of Jesus? And I think we have to maybe ask ourselves that and then, Ask if we're on the outside of that. Are we willing to step into that opportunity with, with someone that we trust, or or a ministry we touch or trust? So
1: oh, that's so good. There's so much there to unpack. That's like five episodes in one. So. <laughs> yeah. <And> I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, we're what thirty minutes in and it's like I I have like so many things I want to hit just on different topics because we talk we like we have a list of things that we have ideas of and like we hit every idea (laughs) on our list. So it's like, man, now I just want to talk about (laughs) everything. So, (laughs) Yeah.
0: No. And I, and I think like, I, there's so many places we can go. Right. And I agree, but I mean, even just kind of as, as we're kind of wrapping up today, um, you know what Matt said earlier, which, which was the whole like Bible study in small groups. Right. And so, i i think the Mm -hmm. the biggest thing we can say with all of this like circling back to um we kind of we kind of brought the problem but then we also brought you know some of the different ways it happened right like almost like uh looking back and going okay like how how did this happen in people's lives and so i think it's one i think yeah it's it's the church not being afraid to having the conversations earlier and earlier, right? And and addressing those things. And then also for people to find a safe place, find a mentor or find a, a few people, some f- fellow brothers or sisters in Christ, a Bible study where you can safely ask questions that you have and not just hold those and wait and wonder. Um, I remember this was probably right after our first year. I think we waited our first year where me and Brendan were leading the youth ministry. We finally said, okay, we're going to like, we're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about, you know, these sort of things. And we had a middle school and high school youth group. And we had a conversation with the parents and, you know, we said, Hey, this is what's going to be happening. What questions you have, this is what we're going to be talking about. And you can, you know, from there you can make the choice if you're going to, if you're going to pull them out or not, if you haven't had the conversation yet and you go, well, well, they haven't had a conversation in middle school. Yeah. Some of them haven't like I, Donnie's five, right? Like, I don't know, you know, when I'm going to have this conversation with my child yet, but, um, but it's, I, what I told the parents five years ago and what I believe even more so now, just in general is I think us as a church needs to be proactive and Mm -hmm. really, um, engage in those conversations before other people outside before they engage with those conversations outside of the yeah. church with people or with those experiences, uh, statistic yeah. I read just a couple weeks ago or heard somewhere is like now, as of like today, 95% of young men's will see pornography by the time they're 18 years old, 95%. I think the women were like 50 or 70 or something it was still pretty high, but 95%. So I'm thinking about that. I have a son, I have a five-year-old yeah. son. Right. And and so statistically, right, and as a person who generationally, you know, people in my family struggle with lust and pornography, I, you know, did and I I still right have to have to resist temptation to those things as well. Statistically, like, there's a good chance that you know he could be exposed to that. So like I have to make a conscious decision to have those conversations, explain Mm -hmm. them. You know, the same way people, and and here's here's the thing: the same way as like the, let's say, the forty to fifty-five year olds, right? Because I'm I'm kind of seeing where I'm at in the age, how their biggest like thing that they were worried about was like the party scene. Don't do drugs, don't uh, don't drink. Like that was like their as long as you don't do that, I don't care. Like as much as that is important now, it's like your purity you know sexuality mm-hmm. um relationally like i honestly i think that the wrong relationship is d- just as dangerous as a drug you know what i'm saying like it, it can it can pull you in yeah. in a direction just as off you know as uh as doing drugs at a young age or alcohol like, well, what do you mean no it can i've seen it right and so yeah. i think my biggest thing is just like its own, it's, it's, it's two people, right? It's the, it's the person, the the follower that's trying to wrestle with their faith. And also it's like
2: mm-hmm. Christian
0: leaders, disciples, doesn't even have to be pastors just people who lead others or, or have yeah. influence in people's lives, engaging in conversations and not being afraid to do that,
2: yeah. wrestling
0: with yeah. these things, you know, figuring it out. Okay. I don't have the answer to that. That's a great question. Let me look it up for myself so I can look it up for both of us. Like, I think that is key because if we just if we just put our head in the sands, like what are we doing? Like what like yeah. what are we doing if we just stick our head in the sands and just stay there and just pretend it's not going to happen or pretend it's not an issue? So uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, final final thoughts, guys.
1: Uh, my yeah. is... Go ahead, Brennan. It's all you. Oh, I'll follow. Yeah, I'll
2: through. I'll leave, I'll leave it. Yeah, if if it's. If it's not taught by you, and I think this is along the lines of anybody for the church, parents within discipleship, if it's not taught from somebody, somebody else is going to teach them a different way, you know, and so it's one of those things where the world around us, because of the access of technology and information and just influence of other people, these things are going to be taught to people, no matter, taught to our kids, taught to us as individuals, because it's literally right there. And so if we're not on the offensive to be proactive, like you said, Donald, to to step in and do it, um, yeah, we're going to start to get a very shaded image of who God is and that's going to look different. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as believers, uh, we have to surround each other. We have to lift each other up, uh, and help one another, spur each other on, encourage each other towards the Lord, uh, in that, that we're not alone in it and, uh. Yeah, this is such a good topic. I, I I know we're gonna have to do some more with it, um, and hopefully it's it's been a blessing to people. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like Brennan just said, someone's going to teach that young one if you're talking about a young one, but someone's got to teach you as well. So, you you have to learn to bounce ideas off of other people. You need to be able to communicate with others, and where's the best place to do that? At a Bible study or at church. Ask your pastor. Ask someone in a leadership role or even someone that's just really digging into the Bible. A lot of times you get um, the old ladies that can memorize any scripture, like the back <laughs> of their hand, uh, or even the old men. Go ask them. Don't be scared. They're there to help you. They are mm-hmm. there to help you. Do not be scared to bounce an idea off of them say, hey, do I have the right thought about this? Ask. And they've
0: them. lived some life, too. They've lived some life.
1: Exactly. exactly. So they can give you wisdom along with it, along with it. Mm -hmm. So don't be scared to ask. That's my biggest thing.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, thank you guys again for listening to the Temporal Eternal Podcast. Once again, we are on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Leave an awesome five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't already. We really appreciate that. God bless you guys. Love y'all. And we will see you next week. See ya.